I close my heart, my soul is in hard to grow when you're standing still. I see his shadow move across the sky. Him she beckoned, her lover's eye. My voice catches with a child's pain. I am to blame. I am to blame. I am. To blame. Will there be peace in my time? Will there be peace in my? Stretched across the years, and to you have been so dear. Will there be a last goodbye, a treasured thing, strangled by love? I hid away a life unlived. I'm afraid to give. I'm afraid to give. I'm afraid to give. Will there be peace in my?
and welcome to the Strange Brew podcast. My name's Jason Barnard, and that was Crime in the City Solution and Peace in My Time from their latest album, The Killer. And I've got Crime and the City Solutions founder, Simon Bonnet, here today. A huge welcome, Simon. Thanks very much. Nice to be here. Before I ask you about your album, The Killer, mm. you've got quite an extensive European tour, which is imminent. Yeah. What is your approach to playing the live material? Do you let things evolve and breathe as you go, or do you stick more faithfully to the recorded versions? No, we don't stick to the recorded versions. I mean, to some extent, the recorded versions of the songs of The Killer, because the people in the band, a lot of them played on it, but not the historical stuff. That's always about reinterpretation. Some of the lyrics are like 30 years old, so... If I'm going to have any chance of singing a lot of them, I have to kind of reimagine them or they're just, you know, I don't recognise the person who wrote them or I can't remember what I was thinking at the time. And, yeah, so I've got to look at it through a kind of lens of where we are right now. One of the aspects of that, I guess, in terms of reinventing or evolving that material, especially the historic stuff, is that you've worked with so many different musicians yeah. over the years in Crime and the City Solution that must bring new textures and new ideas to the material anyhow? Yeah, I mean, I've always seen crime as a kind of collective. It's correct to say that, you know, I'm the one constant, but that shouldn't be interpreted to mean I'm somehow the leader or, or with a group of musicians that I, um, you know, assemble. Um, all of the musicians obviously, you know, like have extraordinary talents and bring their own perspective to it. It's just... Um, I guess the one unifying factor is just that, you know, they're able to work with me and I'm I'm not a, generally speaking, I'm not a, you know, traditional kind of chorus and verse person. So, and, you know, the words mean something. So I work with musicians who like words. Does that go with when you're recording an album these days as well in terms of the freedom for the musicians to try ideas and evolve things in the studio at that moment in time as well? Or do you have a particular vision for a song or is it a bit of both? Oh, no, no. Um, I mean, I do have particular visions for the songs and I'm very glad that they've never been realised because depending on what I'm listening to, I might end up with a... Uh, I mean, I was listening to a lot of Black Sabbath before I right. made this record and, you know, if it had been left to me, I might have ended up, you know, being, what is it, Children of the Grave or, or, or something. I mean, that's one I was listening to a lot. No, no, it's, I mean, thank God for everybody else. The way I write is um, on this record was I had very rudimentary sort of chord structures. Uh, I had finished lyrics pretty much for the for the choruses and some verses, and I had ideas for the verses. And then then we would record, you know, we'd rehearse, we'd record, and then the music would start to evolve and change the flavour, and then then that would influence how the verse lyrics were kind of you know approached. Uh, I really like that. That's a, a really good way for me to to work at this time. But also, like the the thing that's a little bit, or not even a little bit, but it's quite unique. Mick and Alex and Thomas in the Berlin version, and Mick in in the London version did a lot of the production. Most of the production, they, I, I don't think we we credited it a, pro, a producer. Like we worked with great people like Flood and, yeah. but this one is actually a producer. Like so, this is this is like a you know working with. Martin J. Feidler, it was a very much a creative process. And and he was really, he kind of really crafted it in a way like a, an opera or, or a film. He's got a very nuanced approach, but it's 
very much coming from a you know producer's sort of perspective, and that was that was really interesting. It was a fantastic experience. You were doing a PhD. I understand that was no. the inspiration <laughs> for many of the lyrics. You know, the PhD, and and in fact, what I did for certain things interest me, and like you know, power dynamics interest me, and strange things like um, bureaucratic decision making interests me. Processes interest me, like thought processes. You know, the way that you can kind of you know, arrive at a conclusion and I spent a lot of time teaching people how to, you know, students how to keep an open mind when they're interviewing someone and, um, you know, and all the pitfalls of sort of a cognitive bias and seeing only what you want to see which confirms your uh, your, your hypothesis and, and um, not being open to the possibility that, you know, you've, you've blinded yourself to, a, to another possibility. You know, I would do that in a PhD. I could do that in a record. To me, they're the same. It's the same way as, like, you know, country music, the same to me as punk rock music. It's just, you know, it's music. And it's um, working between different genres or, you know, in, in different fields is seems completely, you know, natural to me. You've talked about art being healing. So even if the topics or the things around you from a personal perspective, art has, you know, a critical role in assisting making life better i i think what i like about this record is it's kind of you know it's about forgiveness really and inclusion as opposed to exclusion and there's a lot of violence in the record and you know and i've, I've seen quite a lot of violence in, in the places that i worked in but at the same time there's you know you have to come home and you have to you know you have to kind of internalize all the and make peace with the things that where you've let yourself down and where you've behaved or acted in ways that you, on reflection, you may regret. I really invested in in the idea that I would find this one big thing that I would believe in and I would join this brotherhood or personhood and, and all my uh, answers to all my questions would, uh, would be there and I could commit myself, you know, whether or not it'd be like something like the, um, you know, the American Council of Civil Liberties, they're you know, like they're, they're totally focused on the First Amendment. And, and you know, like, yeah. wow, that's amazing, like, that they could just have this one thing that just gives their life meaning. But I've in buying into that, I had a colleague when we were at the Christmas party in Papua New Guinea and he, he asked me, he, he was musing about whether or not we'd actually had any positive effects <laughs> at all, <laughs> which is because, you know, corruption, which is what I was interested in, was... You take one group out, there'll be another group to replace them tomorrow. That's just, you know, like if there's opportunity, there will be people who will exploit that opportunity. So I, the, part of the record is about accepting that I'm not going to find this one big thing but and making peace with myself. And, and, I, and I hope that people feel included. People are not just one thing. They're not like good or bad. They're just it's much more complicated than that. And I think we've forgotten how to forgive. Yeah. And I, I, know, I find that find a bit depressing. You mentioned power dynamics earlier. Yeah. The Last Dictator, which I think dates back over 30 years, is is that similar themes that you were yeah. touching on back then? Yeah. I mean, the thing about The Last Dictator is that's a geopolitical kind of story, backdrop, but it's a personal sort of family dynamic. And it's actually at the pointy end of, of you know, of the bureaucracy, the idea that there are kind of, you know, these calm, rational people making evidence-based decisions following sort of flowcharts. To some extent, that is true. Like, they, they do have some pretty good kind of you know, methods for kind of arriving at the best possible outcome. But 
there's also a lot of personalities in there and there's a lot of like petty jealousies and there's kind of, you know, vindictive and sort of like, you know, and getting one over on such and such and sort of competing for this job, which has absolutely nothing to do with the actual purpose of what, what they're engaged to do. Yes, yes, said the angel, 
similar period there's uh, the dolphins and the sharks was that something that was looking at things from more of a personal angle relationships and the immediate world around you yeah that's again about you know my whole thing about i don't want to glorify the bad in people but i do believe in redemption i mean i like the idea of the, the buddhist idea that there was a a killer and um he met the buddha and and the buddha said that enlightenment was possible for him, even though he sort of led this very violent life. I've been to a lot of prisons. I've, I've seen, as I say, a lot of violence and uh, just horrible stuff. But, you know, but but in in that, you know, there's all this humanity going on. And it's just like, like I've got a friend in Papua New Guinea and he thinks he's better off than I am because he's got, like, he knows who he is. He's a Bougainville man. He's got a history. He's got his stories. He's got his people. And yet every day he, like his children get on the school bus and they get held up by, you know, armed men uh, who still their, their lunch money. But, you know, in all of that, there was people like living life, you know, and there were people who were happy and people who were sad and people who were frustrated and people who were, you know, satisfied. And then you'd go back to Australia and people would whine about the sort of what seemed to be like such, you know, like miserably insignificant stuff about what car they had or like most records, and, you know, I see this when I do interviews because I don't have a definitive answer, you know, like, I mean, it's a, it's a question. That, yeah. But I know that there's something about making peace with yourself that's important, you know, accepting yourself for your darkness and your light. There's got to be some kind of – you can either go out in peace <laughs> with acceptance, you can go out in hate, or, or you can, you know, go out enlightened. I don't think – I don't want to go out in hate. I don't want to – you know, I doubt I'm ever going to go out in enlightenment. So. I better find peace. Darling down to 
Many people will be familiar with you from um, Vim Vendors, Wings of Desire, and yeah. that iconic scene where you, you're playing Six Bells Chime. How did um, Vim get in touch with you and that collaboration happen? It was just pure friends of friends. Alex Solveig, the star of the film, was friends with the record store owner. You know, he knew us, and then that's how Vim, you know, Vim's a big music lover. Yeah, it just came about. I mean, he was, he was really instrumental in my development as a musician because I realised that actually what I was interested in writing was kind of like, you know, sonic films. When Bronwyn took her paintings in, we, we took her paintings in, of, you know, sky paintings, and, you know, and Vim sort of said, oh, yeah, I love this. Like, let's let's put the band against this triptych and 
but I wanted to join <laughs> a Berlin cityscape as well, which is quite commanding. But she did, you know, and it's beautiful. And it's just that um, kind of combining of visuals and, and sound and atmosphere and location. You know, I don't think I would have ever got to the brideship if it hadn't been for that experience.
Do you think some of your influence, whether that's the look or the sound, some of that comes from the Doors? Because I know that about a year ago you did your own version of People Are Strange. Yeah. One of my, I have to say, one of my least favourite Doors songs, but I was, I can't remember, it was like a record company thing, but, um, you know, we did that in about 20 minutes. Um, yeah, I love the Doors. I mean, I love anyone who tells a story. I love Ronnie Van Zandt. I like the music of the Allman Brothers, but, you know, like lyrically, I just like Ronnie Van Zandt, you know, I, I get to, it feels to me as if you're seeing the world through his eyes because he's writing about his life. And that's an opportunity I wouldn't have. And it's like, you know, the same way as if I listen to Black Star or, you know, Moss Def and, you know, or even, you know, Outcasts. I mean, I, I think, you know, I find Big Boys an amazing sort of rapper. And also it's just, it's not my world. And I wouldn't ever think to, it would be very embarrassing if I in any way tried to emulate that. But, for example, um, he's got this way of sort of like having different perspectives in the song. So, like, he's got, like, one perspective in the first verse and then the second verse shows a completely different sort of perspective of the same story. Good rap is like, you know, it's like Shakespeare. So, I mean, because it's story-based, you know, so, like, I, I find anything that's story-based Bob Dylan, to a lesser extent, you know, like I'm, a, I'm a probably a bigger fan of Lou Reed's than I am of Dylan because, you know, Lou Reed was kind of like the fly on the wall. Yeah. And, and there was no judgment. There was kind of like, it was just like, this is it. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying this is what these people are doing and this is how they kind of, this is how I imagine they feel about it. But it's also very dependent upon um, location. Like, like um, I think Lou Reed was very dependent upon the, his surroundings for, for what he wrote, whereas there are other writers who are less dependent upon the environment in which they can write in a in a blank room, which is a different kind of writing. Hunter Thompson's the same way. Like he writes from sort of, you know, first hand experience, like embedding and that appeals to me in, in, in music. It also appeals to me in, in the work that I did. You know, I mean if if I wasn't in the country, sort of like I I didn't feel like I understood the situation. Going back to the tour that you've got shortly, how will the, the shows differ from I think you did possibly some shows earlier this year and as well as last year. Yeah. Will you have more material from the killer or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a surprise to me. I think other than the, you know, very first tours of when there was just one record, I think we're doing more songs off that record than we've ever done off any previous records in the tour that supports that record, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, we've been rehearsing. We have a great guitarist in, in Josh Murphy, and 
you know, and Frederick Leon and, 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 and Chris Hughes on drums. And Josh has a fantastically wonderful work ethic that, you know, so they've been, which is something that never really got a chance to do was rehearse, you know, because everybody had other projects. So time was very kind of tight. And we, we could often do 48 hours. We could re- begin rehearsals 48 hours before yeah. the first show. This one has been quite different. So it'd be interesting to see how that works. Finally, you've played quite a lot over the last 18 months year. You've got a new album. Does it feel like you're kind of hitting a particular groove and more recording and more live dates, given that things are going so well? Well, I mean, I've doubled down and tripled down. I, you know, it's been a very difficult year financially. Public service was, you know, actually paid pretty well. So, but I'd love to, like, I, I enjoyed it. I love Berlin. Berlin leaves you alone. It's a kind of city of coexistence. And I like that a lot. But also you sort of feel part of a community. I've got a, a long-term visa and, and, you know, and all the, you know, intention to go forward musically. I love the band that I, you know, that I'm playing with. I really love them. So absolutely that is my goal, but it's up to the, you know, spirits in the sky. It's not easy to make a living as a musician in 2023. No. Well, hopefully this, um, this helps to continue to spread the word and the, the great music and the... Yeah the live dates that you're going so all the best the tour it's um, it's fantastic all right thanks very much a pleasure to talk to you bye-bye ciao ciao people are strange when you're a stranger faces look ugly when you're alone women seem wicked when you're unwanted streets are uneven when you're down when you're strange faces come out of the rain When you're strange No one remembers your name When you're strange When you're strange When you're strange People are strange When you're a stranger Faces look ugly When you're alone Women seem wicked When you're unwanted Streets are uneven when you're down When you're strange Faces come out of the rain When you're strange When you're strange, when you're strange, when you're strange When you're strange Faces come out of the rain When you're strange No one remembers your name When you're strange When you're strange When you're strange Thank you for listening to the Strange Brew Podcast 
you do like the show, please consider a small donation to help keep the show archive online. It's 10 years since I started the podcast and hosting fees are increasing over time. All your support keeps the show running and helps me get amazing guests. To support me, just go to thestrangebrew.co.uk where you'll see a donate button on the homepage. Thank you very much. Plus, any reviews on your podcast services help to spread the word too. Thank you.